This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. No! Yes! It's you. Go on. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. <laughs> and this is Spill Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. I thought we were doing the order wrong. But anyway, this is uh, our steak sauce episode. Yeah, it was suggested by listener Nicole. Did oh Wait, did listener Nicole also suggest our previous episode, so Apricots? Either, either listener Nicole suggested both of these episodes or I accidentally like copy and pasted. <laughs> so I don't know, like just... You know, bank error in your favor, listener to Cole. Either, yeah. either you did a great deed by suggesting both these episodes or you get like double the credit and you deserve it. Uh, anyway, today we're talking about steak sauce. And I would like to begin our memory lane segment by saying that I once tasted A1 and I liked it. Okay. Do you remember the context? Nope. Okay. But A1 is like something that j- like this just shows up on tables like a, you know, like a, like a centerpiece. It does just show up on tables. A1 is what I'm pointing it's to. It's like, um, like a spontaneous that. generation. You, you set a table and like you turn your back and when you look again, there's a bottle of A1 sauce. Yeah. No, it, it's just, I feel like I've seen this bottle so many times it almost became just like part of the woodwork and it never occurred to me to taste it for years. Yep. Well, this bottle has changed in, in an interesting way Ooh. in the last few years. Okay. So we'll talk about that. I suggested this episode. Well, no. Listener Nicole suggested this episode. But I was excited to do this episode because I love steak sauce. Hold on. I've got to pause on this fact yeah. because you're so condiment phobic. I like when when I was a kid and like to this day, like it was just like the most popular condiments that I was afraid of. So your ketchup, oh, so you your mustard, want, you your wanted mayo. to be different. I always liked barbecue sauce. So what you mean I by always fear? Always liked steak sauce. What you mean by fear is is, mo- is more like superiority. Like you were superior. Yeah, you were it's too more good. more prejudice than fear. Okay. okay. This makes me sound better, right? Yeah, that okay. sound a lot better. Okay. But so you've always liked steak sauce. Yeah, because when I was a kid, like I don't eat steak very often anymore. But when I was a kid, I was a steak fiend. Any time, okay. like like steak night was was the most exciting thing that could happen at my house. Oh wow! Um, okay, and like I would go like sometimes like for for a super special treat like a report card or something like I would get like my parents to take me to a steakhouse. Wow! Like uh, Sailor's Old Country Kitchen is the one I recall. Oh, what a good name! I and, love it. Yeah, home of the seventy-two ounce steak. If you eat the whole thing, it's free. 
Did you ever succeed? No. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to I did I didn't order it. How ill do you but think you'd be? I think when I was a teenager, I could eat like a 12-ounce steak, maybe 16-ounce, mm-hmm. uh, which I could not do today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always loved steak sauce with it. And it's different. It's just different enough from ketchup that uh, that it felt like, oh, this is like a special sauce. Mm. But okay. did I like McDonald's special sauce? No. I thought that was gross. Okay. Yeah. So I would always put A1 if there was available. If it was available, I would put it on burgers. Like I would make myself, uh, I, I've mentioned before that that when I was a teenager, like I would often make myself a double cheeseburger as like an afternoon snack. I would go out to the gas grill out on the patio, grab a couple of uh, frozen Costco beef patties from the freezer and uh, make myself a snack. And I would put A1 sauce on it. Oh my gosh. This is delightful. Would you think we would have been friends? In high school? We've talked about this before, and I think we decided no, but I don't know. I feel sad for for us. <laughs> in what? Well, that, in what way? Oh, no, like, I think we could have been such awesome friends. Like like burger friends. <laughs> <laughs> what is is no, that a no, euphemism? What's that? Is that a euphemism? friends. Like like you <laughs> you'd be the bun and I'd be the patty or something. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't no, know I'm just means. thinking like. Strangely emotional. Well, I don't know. Like, like what? Like what? What was your? I know we've talked about this before, but like, you know, like what was your social group like in high school? It was a bunch of. Well, initially, it was mostly girls, and we hung out at. A coffee shop where there were poetry readings. Yeah, I think we would have been friends and in high school. Then, I take back what I said. And then my senior year, it was mostly guys. And I totally think you might have been one of the guys that I I was friends with. Yeah, I like, we you would, know, yeah, I would hang out in like, like. A, we would do things like go to Brahms and Barnes and Noble. Okay, yeah, of course we would have been friends. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm sorry. Okay, I, okay I'll get over it. Like, I think, I think it's more that I was just trying that, that like. What popped into my head was like like a uh, my idea of like what your Oklahoma City high school was like and like trying to imagine myself in that environment. Oh, I think you might have combusted. I think I might have combusted. But I mean, I like I went to like a fancy private school from like fourth to eighth grade. No, I mean, I think you would have done really well there. I just think you would have called BS on the whole thing. Yeah, but like, okay, but but we would have we would have been friends. That's we would have started the podcast like twenty years earlier. Oh God, that would have been so awesome. We probably would have talked about things like <laughs> how how old were we when we started this podcast? Like, yeah, uh, no, we would right twenty years earlier. That's right. Okay, wait, hold on. Maybe maybe like uh, eight eighteen years earlier. Okay, what would we have talked about? Yeah, what would we have talked about? Well, like stuff you get out of the vending machine. Did you have vending machines at your high school? Not in high school, but in okay. middle school. Oh, we did have a cons- like a little concession stand where you could buy candy. We so, would have done the episode where we went to Brahms a lot sooner. We would have done it also a lot. A lot. That yeah, episode. That, it would have been the, the premise of the podcast would have been like a uh, couple of friends sharing a malt. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, I guess we could have each gotten our own malt. Okay. But I don't know. Okay. And we would have probably talked about like the crinkle cut fries at Brahms, which I don't think you had. No. And maybe compared them to fries at other places in town. Yeah. And I think we might have talked about the different ice cream flavors at Brahms. Why do I have to be in your like social milieu? <laughs> Why couldn't you have come to my high school? I'm not sure. Can I, I guess, come to your high school? You can come to my high school. Yeah. Okay. What are we going to do? And what are we going to eat and stuff? Well, we're going to go see like a, a punk band play at La Luna. Um, yeah. we're going to eat escape from New York pizza. Um, this is awesome. We're going to go to, we're going to drive. Uh, yeah, 
Oh, cool. I can drive, too. Right. I, I drove in high school. Me, too. You would have loved my car. Um, it was a 1980 Mazda GLC three-door hatchback. Oh, my God. That's so Silver. cool. Yeah. Was your hair long then? Yeah, it was long as shit. Wow. Mine was, too. Okay. Um, okay. Cool. This so, is good. I feel a lot better about okay, this okay, now. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe I said we wouldn't have been friends. I don't know why I teared up. I'm just feeling no, a yeah, I, yeah. I, I haven't had a good cry on the show for a long time. You're right. Like, but <laughs> I mean, that was that was like a just like an uncalled for negative reaction on my part. I feel like I'm going to cry for real by the end of the day. So Let's episode. be friends forever. <laughs> OK. Sure why. OK, go on. OK. Uh, all right. So like I want I want our relationship to mirror my relationship with a one sauce, which, oh. which I'm never going to quit. OK, good. Okay. Um, all right. So should we talk about what steak sauce is and yeah, then taste some? I've been wondering. OK, so I learned a lot about steak sauce in the in the course of researching this episode and like not in the way that I expected necessarily. I thought you were so, going to say like not in the way I wanted to. Well, kind of. Oh, we'll get there. Okay. All right. So steak sauce is similar to English brown sauce and maybe is like a type of English brown sauce, which is like a, f- a fruit based sauce. Seems like a, like a descendant of chutney. Yes. I'm sure it is related. And it, it's it dates to like the early 19th century. And it's probably related to Worcestershire sauce. Uh, because what just happened? <laughs> oh my God, that smells so good. Why don't I eat this on everything? Okay, no, I'm excited. And it's so it's a tangy brown sauce, and steak sauce in particular is made with tomatoes, raisins, or dates. Mm, um, like one okay. of the key ingredients in A1 sauce is raisin puree. I'm here for it. Which, like, they don't put that on the front of the label, but you know, uh, vinegar, of course, spices, and sometimes citrus and/or anchovies. Okay, okay. And I haven't looked closely at the ingredients of the three sauces so how, I bought to see how they're different. How is this different from like Worcestershire sauce? It's much thicker. So I think it's really like like a, you know, a puree thickened and maybe sometimes also starch thickened like Worcestershire type sauce. Because it really does smell similar, right? It does. It's got that same sort of tanginess uh, with a hint of fruitiness. Yeah. And I think right? HP sauce here actually has tamarind that, in it. That which, HP sauce smells so yes, good. Yes, HP sauce is made with tamarind, which is also an ingredient in Worcestershire sauce. That stuff smells fantastic. Yeah, I'm excited to try all of these. Okay. There's also Heinz 57 sauce is, is sometimes marketed as a steak sauce, which I didn't realize until I was researching this episode. And I didn't get any because I knew I wouldn't like it and didn't want to buy a whole bottle of stuff that I knew I wouldn't like because it's kind of a ketchup-mustard hybrid. What is Heinz 57 marketed as if it's not marketed as a steak sauce? Just kind of a sauce. Like, you know, if, if, here's... Huh. Okay, let's let's go ahead and... and Let's jump ahead a little bit. Okay. I, I want to I go out of order here a little okay. bit. Because okay. the thing I realized, did not realize at all until researching this this uh, episode, is that steak sauce used to be much, much more popular than it is. And it has, has plummeted in popularity over the last couple of decades. I think that we can fix that today. I think maybe we can. Okay. Because the thing is, I went to the store thinking, okay, like we've done barbecue sauce. We probably did a hot sauce episode. And, like, if you are looking for barbecue sauce or hot sauce and you go to any supermarket in America, you will have dozens of options, right? Right. And in that same section, you'll also find, like, the Heinz 57 sauce and, like, the marginal sauces, right? That are, like, you know, not— Wow, the marginal sauces. I I, I mean—and really, I mean, they're kind of marginalized sauces. We'll get there. Okay. Um, 
so I found that I went to Safeway, which has a pretty good selection of prepared and, and packaged foods, and there were three steak sauces. Wow. And then I went to Broadway QFC, and there were like three or four steak sauces compared to probably 40 barbecue sauces and 50 hot sauces. Okay. I know this is different from even like a few years ago because it used to be – they still make several formulations of A1, but they had the A1 or the A1 Thick and Hearty. The last time I remember buying steak sauce, there were like eight kinds of A1 on the shelf. Wow. Let's go into the history. Let's let's leave that hanging as kind of a mystery of okay. like what's going on there okay. and go into the history of steak sauce. I'm ready. Okay. I'm here for it. When do we get to eat this? Why don't we – yeah. Actually, let's do that because we, I, I made a, a steak. Let's, let's eat some. I'm starting to die because I can't eat this. Whoa. Wow. It's steak. Steak, yo. Should uh, should we just like dispense steak sauce onto the plate? Uh, it seems like we should, I think and then we just, just dip it up. All right, dippity do. Okay, so hold on. This is the sta- Safeway Signature Select. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very vinegary. They're all going to be super vinegary. Okay. That one I feel like is is very like dried spice forward in a way that I think the other ones are going to be less so. But that's a guess. Hang on, let me wait. Let me just stick my mm-hmm. fork in it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. This definitely. This tastes like an old cabinet in a good way. Like an old cabinet? Yeah, like a spice cabinet in a good way. Like your parents' spice cabinet. Now, let's try the HP sauce. This is the original, like, English brown sauce, right? Mm. Mm. This has more of, like, a ketchup-y vibe, Mm -hmm. right? But I still like it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. I like it less than I thought I would based on It's not as good as it smells. Yeah. Oh, my God. A1. Did you shake that well? I did. I Are think. you sure? I think so. Okay. This A1 is runnier than either of the other two. Maybe that's why they sell a thick and hearty. Hmm. This has a smoky thing mm-hmm. going on, right? Mm, that's not my favorite. I like the A1 best of the three, but. You do? I think. Maybe I'll finish chewing. Maybe not. Who knows? Mmm. 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 I mean, it's good to get to have snake, snake for, <laughs> for a stack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going back to the signature select. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to try a little more of that too because it's pretty the good. The signature select is quite good. It does have like a spice cabinet and vinegar flavor. Yep. Wait, Matthew, I need more of the medium parts. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm going to put more HP sauce on the plate. So HP is definitely the thickest one. I'm having. To- Pound it a little bit. Uh, oh, oh, God. It glooped a little bit. Like, it's kind of... Oh, God. It's got a real gloop quality to it. HP sauce truly does taste a lot like ketchup. I mean, I'm into now it, that you, though. Now that you point that out, I can't untaste it, and I'm afraid I won't like it anymore, but... Hmm. Well, in general, I like the smell of these better than the taste. Okay. so But I, I like them all. I mean, having grown up with A1, mm. and like A1 dominates the steak sauce market in the mm. U.S. to the extent mm. that there's still a steak sauce market. Mm. And so I think to me, like A1 just like, it's just like the Heinz ketchup effect, like, you know, that that is steak sauce to me and everything else, whether it's good or not, is going to seem like a departure from A1. Okay, fair enough. It's it's the default. Mm-hmm. Okay, so hold on. So what's the history here? Like, what? where did this stuff come from? Was I, I mean, for some reason, I'm thinking HP was probably the original. So A1 was the original. Although really? it, it certainly was, you know, it was a sauce marketed in, like, 19th century England, and I think, like, 
you know, northern Western Europe as a whole was was kind of like a stewing like sauce cauldron at the time. Like people were way more into sauce, I think, than they are now. Mm-hmm. And to the extent that there's there's a recent best selling romance novel by Courtney Milan that is all about brown sauce. <laughs> Um, Wait a minute. Say that again. There's a recent romance novel by Courtney Milan that's set in like a like a sort of like alternate history medieval, no, no not medieval, like 19th century England. Um, there's a that, lot of brown sauce. It centers in it? around like a brown sauce it recipe. Is oh wow, really? Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, I can't remember the name. I will find it if Abby reminds me and <laughs> put it in the show notes. Okay. Terrific. Um, so. I think this was probably not not so much like the invention of a new sauce and more like the shrewd marketing of like a type of existing sauce. Got it. But the the Henderson William brand in England created a sauce in 1824 that they first marketed commercially in 1831 as A1 sauce. So um, A1 was originally an English Yes. Thing. Oh, okay. Go and on. It's, it's no longer much of an English thing. Okay. The the name is often explained by saying that the king of England tasted the sauce and pronounced it A number one. And okay. uh, you're not going to believe this, but that's not true. That's unfortunate. Um, it was not called steak sauce at the time. And as far as I could tell, there didn't seem to be like one product associated with the name, one type of sauce associated with the name steak sauce before the early 60s. Interesting. Like okay. the 1960s. Then, then what happened? So at that time, so A1 was, was mar- had been marketed in the U.S. since 1862 as A1 sauce, and they changed the name in the 60s to A1 steak sauce because like- Because people didn't know what to do with it? Because people, <laughs> yeah, they'd been selling it for 100 years, and pe- people were buying it and, and uh, <laughs> Just, leaving it in their cupboard like how I did with my Worcestershire, how you did with your Worcestershire yep, sauce, yep. and then throwing it away. And uh, they were do- still doing a pretty brisk business because people <laughs> Just liked having it on the table. Well, it's like one of those things you just like have to have, like salt and pepper and right. A one sauce. Yeah. So then they they started marketing it as A one steak sauce. They put it steak sauce on the label, and I think it was like a you know a post World War II time when like meat consumption and steak in particular was was shooting up in the U S. Wow, that sounds dark. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to say shooting up. <laughs> Like, the other day, I I was trying to like set up a time to like take a walk with a friend, and I was like, "Why don't you like just throw up some dates that work for you?" <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I was if, like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, T- toss out." That's what I meant. Toss if out. You, if you eat too much HP sauce, you'll throw out some throw up some dates because <laughs> it's made with dates. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got you can borrow appliances like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling you can borrow it no charge uh-huh so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post meeting drink you can bring your pet. Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place 
Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's time for an A1 slogan <gasps> quiz. I'm ready. So I'm ready. I tried to make up my own steak sauce slogans and couldn't do it. So okay. the the, uh, the quiz is going to be I name the slogan and you guess the decade that A1 was using this slogan from the 1940s so these are to all the 2020s. Real. These are all real, I think. Like I didn't find it on A1's official site and there's some of them I'm not sure about. But let's <laughs> okay. let's let's pretend they're all real. And it is possible that uh, the same decade might appear more than once. Okay. So just because you've guessed one before doesn't mean you can't guess it again. Okay. Okay, ready? God, this is exciting. I had no idea there was gonna be a quiz. Great steak, great fun, A1. Nineteen seventies. Very close. Eighty one. Ah, okay, okay. A1 makes hamburgers taste like steak burgers. 1970s. <laughs> uh, this is the mid-80s. This is the one that I remember best. Oh, okay, wait, what is it again? Makes hamburgers taste like steak burgers. What the <laughs> I don't know. At the time, though, it sounded so good. And now I look back and like, oh, that didn't mean anything. Okay, go on. There's no such thing as steak burgers. Okay. A1 makes Meatloaf sing, and the ad campaign featured Meatloaf, the singer. Oh, it featured Meatloaf, the singer. Yes, because it makes Meatloaf sing. 1990s. 2009. What? That seems extremely late in meatloaf years. All right. A1. Yeah, it's that important. (laughs) 1970s. 2000s. What does it mean? A1, it's that important. Well, I guess like that if you forget the A1, then your meal is ruined. Okay. That's kind of the idea. Okay. Don't cover it. Discover it with A1. This one I really don't get because it sounds like they're they're advising you not to use too much of the product they're trying to sell. Right, right. right. Maybe, okay, maybe okay. what they're saying is that like other sauces will cover up the flavor of your meat, but A1 will, will help you discover it. bring out the flavor. I think you're right. I'm going to stick with my answer. 1970s. <laughs> 80s. Okay. But, uh, wow, it seems like the slogans really, are there any from the 1940s or was that just a I have two a more. Okay. The dash that makes the dish. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. 1960s. 40s. Oh, okay. And one more. A1 for almost everything. Almost. Since I haven't guessed this yet, I'm going to say the 2020s. 2014. I mean, 2014, so the 2010s. Close enough. Okay, okay. Almost everything. Yeah, okay. Huh. Yeah. I, I've assumed that one was kind of like a winky ad campaign where like, you know, you wouldn't put it on this, would you? Yeah. All right. Okay. I wouldn't put it on that. <sighs> Okay, so 
There are similar competing sauces, including Lee and Perrin steak sauce, which I would have liked to try but couldn't find, HP sauce, which is the dominant brand in England. Okay. Um, and HP, Heinz 57, and A1 are all now owned by Kraft Heinz. I call this a monopoly. Yeah, I think there is a steak <laughs> sauce monopoly. Although here you gave it the polite term of consolidation in the sauce biz. Yeah, it's a cartel. I think it's a steak sauce cartel. I think it is too. Uh, HP stands for Houses of Parliament, as pictured on the bottle. Okay. Like Sylvia, HP sauce contains rye flour for some reason. <laughs> wow. Okay. Interesting. Okay. And HP is the one that's made with dates instead of raisins. Right. And contains tamarind. HP sauce was developed by David Ho of Botsford, which I mentioned just because it's so fun to say. And I want to read this whole paragraph from Wikipedia because it's just full of delightful English names. I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. The original recipe was invented and developed by David Ho of Botsford, who had been making sauces since 1854 to complement locally made pork pies. Oh, great. This business later evolved into David Ho and Sons and Ho Brothers sauce manufacturers. Ho's sauces were patronized by the Prince of Wales. The recipe was sold to Frederick Gibson Garton, a grocer from Nottingham, who registered the name HP sauce in 1895 after reportedly hearing that a restaurant in the Houses of Parliament had begun serving it. In 1930, Garten sold the recipe to Edwin Sampson Moore, founder of the Midlands Vinegar Company, for the sum of 150 pounds and the settlement of some unpaid oh, bills. Oh, dear. Wow. Frederick Gibson Garten. Really, really you got screwed really on the HP screwed. deal, well, you right? you screwed yourself there. Yeah. I mean, well, maybe the unpaid bills were like $18 million yes. in like, um, like unpaid electric bills no i think a 18 million dollars in unpaid electric bills <laughs> in 1903 yep they not only they not only like shut off his electricity they like <laughs> uh, sucked electricity back out of his factory somehow okay go on uh, and there's also a, a milder formulation of hp sauce called hp fruity i feel like that would be a really good like <laughs> i don't know like a good name i don't know like a rapper or like a dj or like a drag queen yeah it's good no except drag queen names should be punny i think right hp fruity isn't quite right but if, if it's well known in england maybe there could be a pun on that that's true okay that's true okay so it's now time to talk about the decline and fall of steak sauce. This is distressing, especially now that I've only just discovered. I mean, to be fair, like A1 sauce isn't going anywhere. So it's we'll, we'll be fine. Okay. So my assumption when I got to the store and saw that there were like almost no steak sauces to choose from, my assumption was that A1 had just totally, you know, its tentacles had suffocated the market and it that, uh, you know, there was no oxygen left for any other sauce. That's part of it, but it's not really the whole story. So I found this article from 2016 by Dan Gentile from Thrillist, and we'll link to it in the show notes, titled, Why Doesn't Anyone Use Steak Sauce Anymore? And I was like, okay, this is going to explain it, and it sort of did. So first of all, he noted, which I hadn't noticed, that A1 Sauce is not called A1 Steak Sauce anymore. They took steak out of the name in 2014. Well, this makes sense. This is when they did the slogan about it being for almost everything. Right, Right. Of yeah. Course. Okay. Yeah. I, had, I hadn't made that connection because, like, people just don't eat as much steak anymore. Mm. And yeah. it's now just called A1 Sauce. So it, re it reverted to its original name. So it was only officially called A1 Steak Sauce for like 
a few decades. Okay. And the steak sauce market has been in decline, as I mentioned. So Gentile talked to a spokesperson for certified Angus beef who attributed the decline to higher quality beef that people are less likely mm. to put sauce on. Mm. That uh, So like that back in like the 60s, you would have like, you know, a not very uh, marbled meat without a lot of flavor and you were probably cooking it to medium well. Mm-hmm. And so you you wanted you to- needed to return needed to some sauce it. flavor to the, the meat. And that people are eating more interesting sauces like chimichurri. Yes. Yeah. Uh, He also interviewed a Texas chef who says that steak sauce has become uncool and, quote, just seems like a 40-plus male type of thing. Wow. Harsh. That's harsh. It was pretty harsh. And I was like, yeah, I I think maybe he's right. (laughs) Uh, Very few customers ask for it at steakhouses anymore. Uh, uh, Gentile interviewed a steakhouse uh, waiter who said that he this was the second steakhouse he had worked at in a row and in all the time he'd been working in steak sauces one person has requested steak sauce wait he's Sorry. been working I in said, steak sauce <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine how deeply infused into his skin the smell is from working in steak sauces <laughs> no if you if you get a job like at Ruth's Chris they make you like slather your entire body with steak sauce before you step out onto the floor of the restaurant. it's That's the rule. So then finally, uh, the author of the article went to a steakhouse. steakhouse. <laughs> I didn't realize that, that it was going to be so oh, hard to say. Steakhouse. <laughs> With steak like H-A-U-S? House. Yes. Or is it like a steakhouse like a horse? Uh, I was thinking the steak chalet. Yeah. Um, and uh, goes to a steakhouse and eats a steak with A1 <laughs> sauce and proclaims that steak sauce sucks. Um, oh, you you hate this guy, don't you? I, I, well, I was I was on board up until that point. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so clearly steak sauce doesn't suck. It's pretty tasty, right? Right. It's totally tasty. And he also tries to make the argument in the article that people have kind of turned away from, like, pre-made sauces and like to make their own things, which mm. it, I don't think is true. I mean, the other day I was, I wanted to make chilaquiles. Mm -hmm. And so I was at the grocery store and I was looking at like jarred salsas. And there are so many jarred salsas. I mean, not just from like the brands you think of, like Pace Picante sauce, but there are like new boutique salsas. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't even think to mention salsa, but of course. It's a huge, huge market. So maybe steak sauce is, is going the way of steak sauce. But, uh, I feel like bottled sauces in general, everybody's yeah. making bottled sauces. But I do get that, like, you know, sauces have their day and there are trends in the in the food world and steak sauce is, is in decline and, and that's fine. But also, like, I agree that I don't think I would put steak sauce on, like, a great dry-aged ribeye steak, which is a thing that I've eaten maybe possibly twice in my life, possibly just once. Mm-hmm. And, like, most of the time, if I'm going to have steak, it's going to be something like what we had today, which was a piece of flank steak that I found in the freezer and, uh, you know, is going to be like pretty good, but not like this is the best steak I've ever eaten. Yeah. yeah, Um, yeah. And it's great with steak sauce. It was delicious with steak sauce. I'm really excited to try putting steak sauce on burgers. Yeah, it's it's my favorite burger sauce. I think that makes a lot of sense. Sometimes I'll go barbecue sauce, but you know, I recently had a burger from Five Guys or something. Mm -hmm. In Seattle, and I just got like a plain cheeseburger with some pickles and ketchup, and I was like, "This needs something else." And I think what it needed was some steak I sauce. I want something else. Uh, anyway, and to get me apparently I'm a forty steak sauce kind of life. Apparently, I'm a forty plus male now. Yeah, since I, I think- just got into steak sauce. 
maybe maybe what what the what the author meant was forty plus or the chef meant was forty plus people. That's probably right. That there are forty people left who are using 40, steak sauce. <laughs> forty plus, possibly as many okay. as like forty eight people. It might even be forty nine. Right, on a good day. So that was delicious. Know. Do we do we have anything else that we need to say about steak sauce? Well, no, but I want to hear from listeners about steak sauce. Yeah, like listeners, do you use steak sauce? Are you or are you part of the problem? Yeah. Are you going to be uh, part of the contact, contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com or there'll be someone will start a thread about this episode on the Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. This, the, there was like a big change in the sauce world that I, that just went right over my head until I stepped into that sauce aisle. Speaking of mail, we have some spilled mail. We sure do. Would you like to read this one? I would. So this is from listener of the show, Ash, who is not the same person that I'm married to. Um, Okay. Listener of the show, Ash says, I have a potential question for the spilled mail segment. Ding, ding, ding. That I'd be really curious to hear you guys discuss. Are there any foods, beverages, or other edible items that you've had a significant change of opinion about? For example, I thought I hated peanut butter until I was about 22 or 23, but then one day it mysteriously just became delicious to me. I have one that like, I was just thinking about yesterday. All right. So I really disliked melon as a child. Okay. Um, I didn't eat much watermelon, but I remember my parents bought cantaloupe frequently and I distinctly remember my dad sitting at the kitchen table with a wedge of cantaloupe and a spoon. Sure. Like eating it with gusto. Yeah, it's called lopen. We even had a melon baller. I mean, yeah, I we, we, did we knew how to live. Anyway, but I really disliked cantaloupe. Like if it even got like, if it even touched another fruit, let's say in a potato set, in a potato salad. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> now I know why you didn't like it. <laughs> In a fruit salad, I was like, I am out. Now, I'm the kind of person who all summer long, if there's not a melon in the house, like something is wrong. Oh, I gotta get just, a melon. Just yesterday. There's not a melon in my house, and some, now I realize something is wrong. So I have been really enjoying orange honeydew lately. Okay. Which I still... so. Cantaloupe, I think, like regular old cantaloupe is still kind of the like the bottom of the the hierarchy of melons oh, interesting. for me. I really love honeydew and orange fleshed honeydew. And I think when we did the melon episode, I think we may have tasted all three of those. We did. I think that might have been my first time having I think an maybe I hadn't heard honeydew. of orange fleshed honeydew. Yeah. Now you see them like everywhere. Yeah. Anyway, I love melon and I truly could like barely tolerate to be in the same room with it when I was younger. Yeah, like the green fleshed honeydew is like the the favorite melon in Japan. And mm. like, I really love getting like melons and melon flavored things in I, Japan. I remember going to, was it Takano? Yes. With you and having the like, was the it musk, musk mel- melon yeah, parfait? Musk melon. Oh my God, it was incredible. And I would have never eaten that, I would say like 10 years before. Okay, so, oh, ten, even 10 years before. Oh, yes, okay. yes. Because I was going to say, like, I think this question is kind of too easy if we're allowed to do, like, things we were kind of picky about as kids and then just kind of got over that, like, when we got to college or whatever. Because for me, like, I, I know I've talked about this on the show, like, definitely sushi is the thing that comes to mind. Hmm. Like, I really, like, if you had asked me when I was 17, I would have said, no, like, I am never going to eat sushi. Like, you know, I, if, I have no problem with you if you like it, but clearly that is just a thing that isn't for me. Was it the raw fish aspect of it? Or? It was the raw fish aspect is the fact that it's served, like, cold or room temperature. 
Okay. Um, and that there's like a variety of textures that I wasn't comfortable with. Mm, okay. um, and that I that when we we went on a school trip to Seattle in fourth grade and everyone had to try sushi and I did not like it and it was traumatic. No one wants to be told you have to try this yeah, food, no, right? No, no, nobody um, wants to be told And so that. then, and then I remember realizing when I was like 22, maybe, mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm, I'm just suddenly realizing everybody I know who's my age really likes sushi. The fact that I don't like it, like, there's definitely something wrong with me. And I could tell just before I even, like, went to try it, oh, like, the next time I try this, I'm going to like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a really weird feeling that I That's remember so really well, and and I loved it. Wow, I think I've had that feeling about other you know f- foods. Yeah, uh, but I can't think of them right now. That's so interesting. I mean, I still don't think of you as like a big sushi person, but you and I totally have gone out for sushi. In fact, at the uh, the dearly beloved and and recently departed yes, Hana. Hana Sushi, yeah, on Broadway. <sighs> well, um, thank you, listener of yeah, the show, good Ash. Question. That was a really good question. All right. Are you ready for Now But Wow? I am. All right. This may be the first time the two former Nows But Wows have joined forces. But I'm not sure if we've actually picked Roxanne Gay as a Now But Wow in the past. It seems I, like we would have. I I would think we would have, but I do not believe we have. Okay, in that case, my my claim is incorrect. But like one, it's it's a, it's a should have Now But Wowed meets an actually Now But Wowed. How about that? Okay. So a while back, I mentioned the uh, the podcast um, All Fantasy Everything, where some comedians do like fantasy drafts of non-sports things. Okay. And they recently uh, had on the show... Roxanne Gay as a guest talking about her favorite thing, the Fast and Furious movies, which are also my favorite thing. And the way they did the draft was they each got to pick like a favorite moment from the entire series and then move on. Like everyone got to pick like five favorite moments. And it was like Roxanne is so funny and uh, like such a great guest and just like getting to getting to like relive like like so many of my favorite moments uh, from from this exceptional film series uh, along with them was just a delight the episode is free it's called it's all fantasy everything you can find it wherever you find podcasts I think if you if you like Roxanne Gay's writing or like the fast and furious movies or both you will definitely enjoy this okay. Whoops, I took a bite of an apricot That's hoping fine. that you would keep talking. It's fine. So our producer is Abby Circatella. Oh, uh, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Hop onto the hop onto the Reddit, reddit.com slash R slash everything spilled milk. You can you can uh, weigh in on like what food you used to you didn't used to like that suddenly you came around on. Mm-hmm. You can talk to us about your feelings about steak sauce. You can just talk to us about your feelings. Just talk to us about your feelings. How we are things a, going out there? We're a pro feelings podcast. Like, I mean, I, I almost cried today. Yeah, no, I, I I almost made you cry today. No, no, you didn't almost make me cry. It was like something in the air. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. We'll sell you the show uh, for uh, $150 and some, and you'd have to do a certain dirty job for us. Uh, and pay my mortgage. And pay Molly's mortgage. I mean, like pay off my mortgage. And pay off Molly's mortgage. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Would that be a good, no, that would be a terrible deal for, I mean, it would great, be a great deal for you. It would be a terrible deal for the listener. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, a terrible deal for the listener. I'm Matthew Amsterburton. (laughs) I'm Molly Weisenberg.
It's doing a sound effect. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.